What's it gonna take for you to finally break up with your bullshit? Think what you could do if you could only break up with your bullshit. Oh. Hello, my name is Michelle Aiken, and welcome to the Break Up With Your Bullshit podcast, where I bring on creative people and interview them around how they got their own bullshit out of their way so that they could get their art out into the world. At the same time, I am a creative. I'm a singer-songwriter. I've written lots of nonfiction and, more recently, a whole bunch of fiction. Um, And I just generally have been in the creative world my entire life. So uh, I've started doing these one-off solo podcasts where I just discuss a topic that one of the boops from our Break Up With Your Bullshit Facebook group suggests. And I asked... Uh, I asked a bunch of them for topics and then noted which topics got the most likes from everyone in the group. And so before I get to that today, our live event, Break Up With Your Bullshit Live, which is a digital event happening on Zoom on February 20th, is now sold out, which is so exciting. Uh, It's going to be such an incredible day and uh, you can check out a waiting list for the next one. I'm not sure how, I'm not sure when I'm going to do it again exactly, but, uh, but if you are interested in coming to an all day event with guest speakers where we kind of dive into particularly what bullshit is in your way and how to move past it and how to put accountability structures in place in order to do that, uh, then get on the waiting list. On to today's question, which was asked by Jessica Blue, one of our founding boops of the Break Up With Your Bullshit community. And she asked, or this was her her comment, lone wolf tendencies as a creative and how to allow for more support slash collaboration and what makes that possible? So first of all, I'm a total lone wolf when it comes to creative endeavors. If you look back on my, my music YouTube page, Smush21 uh, on YouTube, you'll see a lot of music videos that I made that had annotations at the beginning of them, which I think there's still annotations on YouTube videos, but it's like, I might've even deleted them because I got embarrassed about this later, but I used to put a little annotation or a little note at the beginning of the video saying, I film all of my stuff alone in my apartment, which I was very proud of, which, you know, on the one hand is very impressive you know, to, to do the level of production that I was doing all by myself, that takes a lot. On the other hand, it also limits what's possible. It's sort of, I've talked about this before, it's sort of like doing the term paper the morning it's due, like doing it on hard mode and having that be the shtick or having that be what makes it amazing. Now, in the the saturated time of the internet and all the content that people could look at, I I will not um, argue against the idea of needing a shtick or needing something that makes your thing unique and stand out from other people. So I think on that front, it was smart of me to kind of say, hey, I do this all by myself and have that be a thing. But it has its limitations. And I think that's the main thing I want to say today about lone wolf tendencies is that it's not bad. It just has some limitations, just like anything, any way that you decide to work on a creative project is going to have some form of limitation. Because if you think about doing a group project in English class, most people's worst nightmare, 
there's limitations to that. There's also some possibilities. You know, if you get a good group, if you have a good group of people who can work together or a good team lead, uh, which really never happens because why would anyone in high school be good at leading a team if you haven't been trained in it? Uh, there's a lot of possibility available. There's also a lot more red tape. There's there's more checks and balances and people that need to agree on things. And that can stunt the flow of creative energy. It could also be the source of the flow of creative energy. So if you're going to work with other people, there's going to be a learning curve. Because let's face it, when you do something by yourself, when you're working alone, there's less steps. There, and in particular, there's less intimacy and relationship needed. And this office that I'm sitting in, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it. This is my little creative cave. This is where I do everything. And I, I, I like that I have a door and I like that I can shut myself in here and just make things at the same time. I know that when I involve other people in my process, the end product is not only richer, I have more confidence in the end product because I haven't been the only voice. And I'm writing a book right now about partnership with my colleague, Mark Hunter. And he is someone, he was the senior program leader of my coach training program that I took in 2012. Today, I am a senior program leader in that company. There's not that many. It's a, it's a big deal to actually stick around long enough to become a senior leader. And uh, that process, I did not do alone. And so he and I are writing a book. We've been working on it for three or four years now um, about the trajectory and transformation of our relationship and how we went from really not knowing how to work together at all to working very well together to the point where like we need each other in order to be able to get to the next levels and to be paying attention to our own growth. And we, we learned to rely on one another and that involved being disappointed, you know, getting heartbroken, having trust break, having fights, making up, creating new agreements around our relationship, uh, just all kinds of stuff. So that's what we're writing a book about right now. And even the process of writing the book, he's a very, he write, he writes nonfiction, you know, and he writes his last book on leadership. It's called The Brink. It's really great. It's, it's a lot of data and stories about like, this is how this works. This is how, here's how leadership works, you know? And I write in a much more narrative style. And so we bring together our two ways and we're finding, I struggle with the parts that are very direct and directive. And I don't know that he necessarily struggles, but it's definitely not his, his comfort zone to write stories. And so he, I've leaned into the thing that I'm not comfortable with and he's leaned into the thing that he's not comfortable with. And we have an editor that we're working with regularly who is coaching us through this. <laughs> so um, I think in a, in a good partnership that the different parties can actually identify what do I bring to the table and where are my weak 
spots or where, where are the points that I'm not so good at and how does this other person fill those gaps in? And you can imagine, I, I think I shared that because it's been such a long trajectory of learning how to work together. And often we get into creative partnerships, much like group projects in high school, and just expect it's going to work right now. And that's ridiculous. I'd love to eradicate group projects unless the, the teacher is going to put in some leadership training and create a team lead. I was actually thinking about this the other day. This is a tangent, but... What if every time there was a group project, only the team leads grade gets affected by how it goes? And everyone and like throughout the course of the school year, everyone gets a chance to be a team lead. And the only time that the work affects your grade is when you are team lead. I feel like that would totally change the way that group projects go. It might it will bring out people's control tendencies or other things, but can you imagine if you're in the group project and you're the one that usually does all the work, but this time it's not your grade on the line. So who would you be then? And how would you act? And who would you be on that team if it's not my ass is on the line? And then the person whose ass is on the line, how are they going to be? How are they going to go about it? If I can imagine how the, the, the overly controlly person who does all the work when they're team lead, it would be like, you know, let's get some shit done. But imagine if the lazy person is the team lead, like how would it go? <laughs> would they actually grow from that experience? Would they step up and, and step into some form of leadership that they don't even know is in them and they, they find out that they wear it well, you know? So that's my idea. If any teachers are listening, I'm sure that sounds like a lot more work than you are getting paid for. But it's a very interesting idea at the same time <laughs> to me, at least. Um, all right. So lone wolf tendencies as a creative, how to allow for more support and collaboration. I love just that you said allow. And then you also asked what makes that possible? So I'll just the allow thing first. You're right. It totally is something that you have to allow to happen because even with like, even with my assistant that I've hired, I will ask for something and then I will clarify my ask and maybe, um, oh, this, yeah, this happened while we were making the, the graphic for the break up with your bullshit live event. And it looked a certain way the first go round. And then we had to make some edits to it and I wasn't happy with it. And so I gave feedback and then, uh, Cass, who I work with, as well, uh, was on this thread and she said, I, yeah, it doesn't bother me much, but I, I just didn't like the graphic and I knew that the way it was, I wasn't going to want to post it. I wasn't going to be excited about it. Uh, and therefore no one would know about the event because I wouldn't post it. And it, like, I could see down the line what the consequence of me not speaking up would be. And so I said, okay, I just really don't like it. <laughs> like I typed that out. And I felt bad, you know, like I, I felt bad giving feedback just, but, but I, I could connect more to why it's important that I give this feedback and what I'm actually committed to. And so do it anyway. And then she came back with this beautiful graphic that I loved. And I said, fuck yeah. And Cass said, you nailed it. And like, we're all excited. And now we're so excited about it. And having that experience of that is in my opinion, what allows for 
support and collaboration. So it's sort of a chicken egg thing because if you haven't experienced support and collaboration and it's just this concept to you that sounds like a lot of work and no fun and, and vulnerable also, right? Like who wants to open themselves up, especially creatives who are very sensitive on the whole, I would say. But I would have, I have these confirming experiences of it working or of it being better than I even imagined it could be. And that means that next time I'm more, I'm even more open. So it's like expanding your capacity to be with support and collaboration. That's the game. You're not going to just be good at that. That's like, um, it's like anything, like expecting that you plant a seed and the next day it's a redwood. You wouldn't do that, but we relate to ourselves like that. We're like, hey, come on, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Let's, let's get here faster. I know this. I should be able to implement this. How come I can't just do the thing that I know how to do? It's like, oh my God, give yourself some time. Damn. We are so impatient with ourselves. It's ridiculous. And then we rule it out. See, I tried it once and it didn't work. And so I can't collaborate. I have to work alone. No, you don't, asshole. Like, I'm, I am you. I am one of you. I get it. You think that you have to work alone. It's just not true. And it's, it's, uh, you may make great art alone. So it's not that it's wrong to work alone. Just don't fool yourself into thinking that you absolutely have to and you somehow were born into this mold that does not have the capacity to play well with others. You might not like playing with others. You might not like the process of learning how to do that well because it actually requires that you transform something in yourself, that you put your ego down or that you let go of some really strongly held beliefs. Sometimes it's just that we want things to be difficult. And if you were to actually let someone else help you and be able to reach new heights because of that, it would invalidate all the bullshit that you've been running for years. And so you're really resistant to it being something other than what you have believed. This goes with anything, but this is a a good example for this. You've been running a whole bunch of bullshit for years and years and years. I can't, I won't, I don't work like that. That's not how I am. Very strong, firmly held beliefs about yourself. And then here comes somebody who's going to just poof, disprove all of that shit in a moment. And they might. And then how stupid will you feel? for a second. You know, and this is the thing, like we, personal transformation and growth is about learning how to be kind of embarrassed and just sit with that feeling. Okay. So there was something I didn't know. Imagine how much you could get done if you didn't waste time ruminating on how stupid you feel. (laughs) If you could just be okay with it and, and not not be trying to control the elements of your life to make truer everything you already believe. If you were actually oriented toward imploding your current belief structures and stepping into what you actually want or what someone else is generous enough to show you is possible. And if you're willing to be moved by another human, that's what partnership and creative collaboration is about. It's about being moved. And so if you're not on board for all of that, or if you have a ton of resistance to that, it's not going to work right away. And you're not going to see a result right away. 
But if you could actually just choose, I'm going to go into this humble. I'm going to learn something about me. I'm going to hear the other person and not take their word as gospel, but actually hear it and look for what part of it is useful to you and to the us if you're, if you're co-creating something. I think a big part too, just that people skip when they're forming creative partnership is having some agreements at the beginning. You know, we sort of fall into it. And by the way, whatever way you do romantic relationship is the way that you're going to do creative partnership. Sorry, and you're welcome. <laughs> uh, if, you've, if you're someone who um, just sort of, and this is me, just, just kind of jumps into relationship really, really quickly and goes really fast, that's how it goes for me with creative partnership as well. And that's not bad. Again, this is not in the realm of good, bad, right, wrong. This is simply awareness. Okay, that's what I do. So that means that even, you know, it, it's passionate and it's exciting and we jump right in and we do the thing and it's so great. Awesome. Now I need to backpedal a bit and say, okay, so this is awesome. I love it. Can we create some agreements around what we're actually here for? What are we doing? What are we both committed to? What are our values? Do they actually align? And be willing to not let that initial burst of passion and it's working so well together be either true or false based on what happens next. You know, like, oh, I made a mistake. It wasn't the person. Or, um, you know what? That person wasn't the right person for me because absolutely every little thing doesn't line up with them. No, you got to work together to create the partnership. It doesn't just manifest out of nothing. And anyone who is in a marriage where they're working on it will tell you this as well because it's, it's the same thing. You have to actually reinvent regularly and right off the bat. And it's, it seems like a lot of work or it might sound like a lot of work, but so does bench pressing a certain amount of weight until you've been regularly practicing with dumbbells and you get to the point where that weight doesn't feel the way it would have six months ago, but you've been practicing. This is, again, why orienting yourself toward a process rather than a result that you need to see happen immediately is so important. It's so, 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 so important because you're going to build these muscles and this is going to get easier. And it's not just going to get easier in your creative partnership. You're going to be able to take that and apply it to every other relationship in your life. The only thing I'd caution you against is getting a little too excited about uh, applying it to your family because <laughs> that's usually the place it's, it's toughest to implement something new. Not impossible, just tough. And, and I think sometimes we sabotage by going, okay, that's going really well here. I'm going to go work on that with my mom. And it's like, slow down because family is a lot of history. And they share the same fears as you, and they've got a lot of the same stuff as you. So that, that can be dicey to go and expect it to go well there. That's also a process. And every process has its own amount of time that it takes, just like pasta. If you make angel hair pasta, that takes three minutes to boil. If you make bow ties, they take eight minutes or 11 minutes. You know, like different pasta takes different time to get soft. And so I would, I would relate whatever the hardest pasta is, maybe some, someone who's uh, listening to this, who knows a lot about pasta can tell us what's the hardest pasta. What's the pasta that takes the longest in the water to soften up. And there's going to be some people who are like your angel hair where it just, it just works quicker, but you still need to, you still need that boiling water. You can't just take angel hair out of the package and eat it. That's really gross. 
So you might just be chewing on angel hair right now if your partnership isn't working. I really like this metaphor, by the way. This is going very well. Um, so the last part of your question, Jess, was what makes it possible? What makes it possible to allow in support and collaboration? I think I've kind of answered this because I think really what makes it possible is that you practice, is that you have some experience of it so as to expand your capacity to be with everything that happens when you let someone else into your process, which is a, it's a vulnerable thing. And showing your work in process to another human is like getting naked. It's just, it's vulnerable. And can you imagine if you were comfortable naked with yourself, if you were comfortable naked with another person, this is a metaphor. It probably applies, you know, in the, like the literal sense, but if you could actually stand in front of the mirror naked and be like, yeah, that's me. How powerful would you be then if you weren't trying to cover it up and make it perfect and have it not look a certain way for other people and you could just be naked in a room with a whole bunch of other people that you're collaborating with and no problem, you know, just sing the thing that comes to mind, share the piece of writing, show the, the half-finished painting and where you're stuck and be able to allow other people to be naked with you, I feel like the sky's the limit. Nothing you can't do then because you're not scared and you're not pretending and you're not protecting anymore. And now we have a chance to do some real honest art. We have a chance to put something in the world that's going to touch another person, that's going to make someone feel seen because you were willing to be seen in the process. And you really got to the thing, the message, the purpose behind what you're making. And it wasn't just something that you put together to look good for other people. I think that's also a thing we like to, I mean, I, I'm speaking for myself, but I, I just always wanted the finished product to be so pristine, not because I was committed to excellence, but because I, I just wanted to look good for other people and that has its limits as a what for. Like if that's your what for, oh, what are you doing this for? I'm doing it to look good for other people. I mean, no one really says that. No one's that honest, right? But that can work for a period of time. And eventually, I think either the work itself peters out or your drive for it goes away because it's a, it's a pretty winless game. And even when you win that game... That's lonely. When everyone thinks you're perfect and you've got it all figured out, extremely lonely. So at some point, someday, the needs that we're getting met from doing it that way will cease to be met. And so I love working in collaboration with people because there's just so much available there. And, and you can get checked on your shit. You can get checked on what you're doing things for and actually you know, come, come to new places and discover new things that you want to say to the world. Not that you can't do that alone, but I think you can do it faster with a partner. You can not spend so much time going down one road and all it takes is someone to go, hey, why are you going down that road? And for you to take a moment to think about it, for that spell to break and for you to actually realize, oh, that's not even what I was trying to do. We just have blind spots as human beings. So 
creative partners can show you your blind spots and help you get somewhere faster, I think. But less comfortable. So thank you, Jess Blue, fabulous boop for, uh, for giving us that question. And um, we will be back next week. I have a very special guest next week. Again, they're all special. But my friend Corinne Fisher, who is the host of the Guys We Fucked podcast, which is fan- a fantastic podcast. Um, also, she has another one called Without a Country. If you like hearing your news from uh, unbiased people who are just going to discuss it and look to understand and dissect it, Without a Country is great. Um, yes, so she's our guest next week. And I can't wait for you to hear this interview. It's so much fun. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been the Break Up With Your Bullshit podcast. I'm Michelle Aiken. See you next week. Bye. Break up with your bullshit. Oh.